Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. You're listening to a message from the Poimano, bringing you the very best from the vast teaching archive of healing evangelist, best-selling author, and mega church pastor Dag Heward Mills. This Tuesday's teaching is all about what happens when an independent spirit reaches the highest negative stage. Independence is a good thing if it is inspired, engineered and directed by God. In today's message, Dag Heward Mills teaches us how evil independence can rob you of opportunities and how to avoid this sorry state. May we be delivered from evil independence as we listen to today's teaching. Father, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for your holy word. We know, Lord Jesus, that you are with us, ministering through us, blessing us, and teaching us your will. We ask, O Lord, for the spirit of revelation and understanding today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Uh, This morning, I want you to turn with me to Luke chapter 15. And we want to continue um, studying this uh, important illustration story Jesus gave to us. And uh, we will not read the whole passage this time because we read it every week. And uh, we'll just take off from a point. Hallelujah. Uh, Georges is supposed to have something here every day. Pastor Johnny. I'm supposed to have something here. Anyway, this book is available, I believe, Prodigality, it is called. Um, I want to encourage all of you to get a copy. Read it. Your life will never be the same. I'm sharing. Many of the things I'm sharing are in this book. So get it and you will be blessed. Amen. Tell somebody sitting next to you, I'm going to get one after church. Okay. Now, um, Luke chapter 15, please. Luke chapter 15 and verse 11. And he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that followed to me. And he divided unto them his living. Amen. And not many days after, the younger gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and wasted his substance with riotous living. Hallelujah. Now, this uh, is a story which we all know. Two sons, one was a good son, an elder son, and one was a naughty boy. He went away and he got into trouble. And after some time, he came back and he said, Father, I've made a mistake. And his father forgave him and so on. Now, if we really want to really be- benefit from this uh, uh, beautiful teaching that Jesus gave us, we sometimes have to go a little deeper. Tell somebody, go a little deeper. We need to go a little deeper and um, analyze the situation, right? Now, this apparently was a rich man. That's the father. He must have been a big, rich, blessed person. The reason is because um, you can see that he, 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 he had something to give his children. It is not everyone who has an inheritance to leave behind. Is that not the case? Is that not the case? Some of you, your parents are not yet dead, but you can see the way things are. There would not be much to give to you. Is that not the case? Huh? So, 
you realize that not, not, every, not every parent has something to leave behind. So this one had something to give to his two sons. Secondly, the man had a lot of servants. Is that not so? The Bible says he had servants. And then, thirdly, he was capable at short notice of having big parties. All right? And fourthly, fourthly, he was capable of slaughtering a whole cow without thinking twice about it. Now, ladies and gentlemen, most of us will find it difficult to buy a goat. Is that not so? Or even a chicken. How much is a chicken today? 15,000, 16,000 CDs. Okay, and uh, we, we all eat chicken as a special something for a special day. Is that not so? Yeah, now this man did not, you know, kill a chicken or two. He, he slaughtered a whole cow for his um, son. And so that tells you that this man was a wealthy, blessed, prosperous person. He had only two children. And so he didn't have a problem of uh, dividing his wealth. Some people have so many children and um, different sorts of children with different backgrounds. And so it becomes difficult even to share the things that they have. But this man didn't have that problem. He had only two. Now, after sharing his uh, uh, property, one of them left home. Now, the other thing you must notice, uh, I want you to see here, is that uh, there seem to be two different hearts. I said that last week. Two different characters or two different things at work in the two sons. Because, first of all, you notice that it was the younger boy who asked his father for the inheritance, what he would get when he died. You know, and that, I think, in Ghana, if you were to ask your parent, give me what you will give me when you die, I think it would be some way. How many agree with me that it will really look something? I don't know what word to describe that. You really look greedy. You really look evil. You know, you want something from the person. You don't even love that your father, but you want his things. You know, so you realize that the younger one seems to have a different kind of character. Now, the father not wanting the son, the one who had asked for the things, to feel bad and not wanting him to feel like an outcast and not wanting him to, you know, have the picture of being a bad person, decided to share his inheritance with both sons so that it would be like nobody is a bad boy, you know. So he shared his things to two of them. And the Bible says, not many days after. In other words, this is all the man was waiting for. The boy was waiting for to get things from his father. He went out. Are you listening to, are you listening to me? And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. Now you will notice that he didn't want to be near his father at all. And that is why he went far. Now you ask yourself, what are you looking for? What do you want? What do you want as a son? What are you looking for that you will not get in your father's house? And especially such a father who seems to be able to provide, who seems to be able to care. Because not all fathers are even interested in caring for you. 
But here it looks like there is someone who is interested in caring for you. He wants to look after you and he's trying to look after you. You can see that there are blessings in the house. Now this father represents a place of security. Like a place in Christ. Anyone who goes away from Christ. I, I really ask myself, what else are you looking for? Christ who has forgiven your sins, in spite of your sins. Christ who has accepted you, in spite of your shame and your shameful behavior. Christ who has accepted you in spite of everything you have said, done, whatever. He has provided you with security, he's provided you with blessings, and he's going to take you further into heaven. Now, if you walk away from this, I don't know what you want, but... It's very common. Many people walk away from that. They walk away from God. You can see them walking away from God. I was talking to one pastor the other day. Uh, the pastor was telling me that he was going to visit uh, someone who had backslidden and, I, and was going to advise the person and so on. I said, look, don't waste your time talking to this backslidden sister. Telling her that it's just very this. You know, God is going to do this, she should be careful. This. I said, just tell her when she's finished backsliding, she should come back. We are still there. We'll be waiting. <laughs> Amen. I just said, when, tell her that whenever she finishes backsliding, she's finished with her boyfriends, whatever, her, whatever she's up to, she should come back. We are, we'll still be here. Amen. We'll not drive her away. We welcome her back. So, this boy went away. And when he went away, you would ask yourself, why? Now, another place you can go away from is a stable and good church. And also a stable and a good family. Because sometimes, not sometimes, but your church should become more to you than just a church. It should become a family. Amen. So you can go away from Christ. You can go away from your church. You can go away from your family. And so you must ask yourself, why are you going away? Amen. Why do you want to go away? Now, the first, I want to go a little deeper today and let's go into this thing and try and find out what was working in this young boy's mind or what was working, what spirits were working on him. You know, when you say a spirit, you know, somebody will think that, oh, there was a demon that is like a chimpanzee or something that came into the boy's room and then led him with a, a little fire or some matches and led him with a, a light into doing what he was doing. No, when we say the devil came to somebody, you must cast your mind back to when the devil came to Jesus. When the devil came to Jesus, what did he say? What did he do? Did he do some occultic charms? Did he mix some water and some stones and some milk and some schnapps and some eggs and some chicken? No, the devil said, he said to Jesus, if you are the son of God, do this. If you want to save the whole world, bow down, I'll give them to you. All are for me. If you are the son of God. So the devil, when he's coming to you, don't expect him to come with a coat, a shield, with some two wings, a sword, a black hat. He doesn't come like that. The devil wears suits like I'm wearing. He dresses just like that. In that. The devil wears nice shoes just like you, you are wearing today. You, you will never know that this is the devil. That's right. The Bible says he comes like an angel. 
of light. Don't expect, I mean, you, if you were the devil, would you come in that way with wings and a spear and so on? Would you come? I mean, every, as soon as they say, ah, this is the devil, whatever you say, I will not listen to you. He does not come like that at all. He comes like an angel of light. He suggests things to you. He thoughts, ideas. That is how the devil comes to you. If you want to know, it's in the Bible. Go and read it yourself. Jesus was hungry and a thought occurred to him. And he said it clearly. And the devil said unto him, If thou be the Son of God, turn these stones into bread. You know this song, We, We Are the World, huh? The one they, they, is it Michael Jackson or one of those people, they made it to raise funds. At a point in the song, they, they sang and they said, for God has shown us by turning stones into bread. You know, it shows that they don't know the Bible because Jesus did not turn stones into bread. You know? Are you with me or you've gone home? Yeah. If you ever listen to that song, you just know that Jesus never turned stone into bread. They sang in the song that God has shown us by turning stones into bread. You know, you've got to read the Bible if you want to sing about the Bible. Amen. I, I once heard one person say that Jesus was crucified in Galilee or so. I don't know whether he was a, a president or he was Mount Galilee. <laughs> I don't know whether, whether he was a minister or a vice president or a president or what. But I think you've got to know your Bible before you start quoting <laughs> Anyway, let's, let's be serious. <laughs> Jesus was spoken to. And so when these things occur to you, let me sleep at home. Let me not go to church. Let me backslide. Let me commit sin. Let me leave. Let me do whatever bad thing. I'm going to leave. I'm going to do that. I'm not going to listen. Those things you must understand. That is the devil at work. That's this right. is practical devils at work. Mm. Thoughts mm. come to you. That is how Satan ministers to you. So this boy had certain things working in him. Thoughts were occurring to me. I was once talking to somebody. He said to me, a lot of things are occurring to me. When he said that, I knew that immediately that the devil was at work in his life. Immediately. Because he said, a lot of things are occurring to me. And immediately I knew. Because when you say a lot of things are occurring, he was saying that, you know, so many things are occurring to me that I don't even want to tell you what is in my mind. Because if I let you even know what is in my mind, you'll be surprised. And and you will know that I'm going to be your enemy. A lot of things are occurring to me. Wow. When he said a lot of things are occurring to me, I immediately knew that the devil was working on him. And all those things that were occurring to him came out with time. So as this boy was there, a lot of things were occurring to him because of the spirits that were working on his life. Are you listening to me? Now, what spirits were these that were working on him? Number one, I just want to go through one or two today. The spirit of evil independence. Now, I told you last week I was going to talk about independence because we, are having, we just had independence. Now, independence is not the same as freedom. Amen. You can, you can have independence, but it is... Let me tell you some things that independence is not. Number one, independence is not freedom. Number two, independence does not mean prosperity. It's not the same as prosperity. Neither is it freedom. Number three, independence does not mean happiness. At all. Number four, independence does not mean progress per se. 
I'm not saying, I'm saying it is not the same as progress. Independence can lead to progress. Do not misunderstand me. But independence is not equivalent to progress. So if you have independence, it does not mean you will have progress. I don't have to go far to show you examples. Amen. So independence does not mean liberty. That's the next one. It does not mean you are, you are liberated. No. Now, why am I saying this? If a baby, let me, let me give you a good example. You see, I believe in independence, but God has also designed us as human beings and as Christians to be dependent on one another. We are designed by God to be dependent on one another and on certain things. Whether you like it or not, you are described by God as a sheep and not as a lion. You are not described by God as a lizard. You are not described by God as a monkey. He didn't say, my monkeys have gone astray. Look. <laughs> you read here. I don't think you read the Bible sometimes. That, that's <laughs> if you read for yourself, you will see that what I'm saying is in the Bible. In Matthew chapter 9, don't bother to open. I'll just read it, or you can open if you like. But when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep, not as monkeys, not as tigers, as sheep, having no shepherd. Are you listening to me? Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. Have you found Matthew 9.36? Now turn with me to John. And you will find Jesus described himself as the good shepherd. In John chapter 10 verse 11, he says, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd giveth his life for the tigers. No. The good shepherd giveth his life for the monkeys. No. The good shepherd giveth his life for the camels. Are you a camel? You are, God has described you or likened you to a sheep. You see, whenever God likens you to something, you must now think of that thing and think of how that thing behaves. It's not an insult. Jesus is not insulting you when he says you are like a sheep. He himself compared himself to a thief in the night. Amen. So he said, I will come like a thief in the night. It doesn't mean he's a thief. He said said that there are some characteristics of a thief's appearance that are going to be like his appearance. In other words, when he tells you that you are like a sheep, like sheep gone astray, he's trying to tell you there are some characteristics of sheep that are like Christians or that, that remind us of how Christians are. And one of the characteristics or the most predominant characteristic of a sheep is that it is a dependent animal. It is the animal that is most dependent on human beings for survival. You didn't hear me. 
I said, it is the animal which is most dependent on human beings for their survival. That is why the picture of sheep without a shepherd is a pathetic picture of animals that are going to be slaughtered, that are going to be run over by cars, that are going to be killed by wolves, that are going to be harmed. Because there's no shepherd. What they depend on is gone. So God did not design you to be an independent. I mean, you can see a fox moving through the forest independently. A lion, a tiger, but not so with sheep. They, they depend on one another and they depend on the shepherd. So when you rise up and say, I want to be free. I want my independence. Independence today. Independence now. From my church. Independence from my pastor. Independent from other Christians. You have deceived yourself and the truth is not in you. You are not designed to be independent from your pastor. That's right. You are not designed to be independent of your shepherd. You are designed to be a sheep depending on your shepherd. You depend on yourself, whether you like it or not. You don't have to like it. Even you don't even have to believe what I'm saying. <laughs> Amen. Whether what I'm saying or not is true or to you or not, does not matter. What is a fact is a fact. That's right. That is why you never rise above the leadership that you have before you. If you have a good shepherd, you will find yourself rising according to the shepherd that is before you. If you have a certain type of shepherd, everybody stays at a certain level. It depends on the type of shepherd that God has given to you or that you have or that you've chosen. You depend. You are interdependent. That's why the Bible says, submit yourselves one to another. Have you seen that one too? Ephesians chapter 5. Verse 21. It says, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. So you depend on me and I depend on you. I submit myself to you and you submit yourself to me. So you can't walk out and say, I, I just want to be free. Many people who join churches today in Accra, are people who have rebelled from their churches and did not want to listen to whatever their pastors were saying and then decided that I'm not going to mind and I'm going out of Angel Delight International Church and I'm going to Lighthouse and when they come to Lighthouse they say oh you are such a good pastor when I was at Angel's Ambassador's Church International that's not how they were but you was for you you are very good then after some time when we also start to say the same thing that they were telling you at Angel Delight I don't like Angel uh, Lighthouse. I'm going to Traffic Light Gubli Gob Church. <laughs> and then you go there, and then you go and meet the uh, Reverend James Bond. <laughs> and he ministers to you. <laughs> so I am telling you there is nothing in the church world we are designed as sheep. Need a church. Some of you watching by television, I don't need to go to church. You need to go to church. Unless you are a spiritual monkey, not a spiritual sheep. Or a spiritual lizard. In fact, or a spiritual snake. Have you seen a man with seven snakes walking behind as he walks? The, the 11 snakes are following him humbly. But have you seen a man walking and you see seven sheep humbly following him? How many have seen that? Yeah, perhaps. Or a hundred sheep. Perhaps you are not a sheep. Perhaps you are a goat. I don't want these young, young boys to be telling me how to do. Nobody is telling you what to do. 
We are just sharing the word of God. We oh, are sharing. shepherds and you are supposed to be a yeah. sheep, not yeah. a lizard. Me ask for me, I can just read my Bible on my own. I don't need all these people to have it. After all, we have the Bible for ourselves today. When we have the Bible for ourselves today, we don't need anybody at all to even be saying anything to us because we have, we have everything ourselves. No. You don't have everything yourself. You need me and I need you. And you need one another. The Bible says, if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. If indeed you are in the light, you will want to have fellowship one with another. Hey, I mean, I don't want to mix with all these church people. Hey, if they mix with me, then they'll be coming to, I mean, worry me. And I mean, I don't, this type of charismatics, I mean, when I come, I'll sit at the back and then I'll just go quietly. Really? Tell you, I'm a big person. I would like to see which part of heaven you will be in when we get there. You need me now. Whenever you try to make yourself independent, when you are not supposed to be independent, a disaster happens. Wow. Wow. You didn't hear me. I said, whenever you try to make yourself independent, when you are not supposed to be independent, you have a disaster. There's a woman, big stomach. She's only six and a half months pregnant, but her stomach is big. Now the baby says, I'm coming out. I want freedom. This place is too dark. Freedom in Jesus' name. Freedom, I'm coming out. You are only six months. <laughs> freedom now. Freedom now or never. <laughs> Let me out of this place. I'm in a prison. I don't want a prison. This place is like a prison. And you see, when people are talking, sometimes the wrong things, they sound so logical. It sounds so reasonable. The baby sees and says, this place is too dark. It's too dark. Yeah, it's dark. It's true that it's dark. There's no light there. I, don't, I, don't, I can't stretch my legs. I'm going to stretch my legs. Would you like to be in a, in a sack? Would you, the, the point is, would you like to be in a sack where you can't see anything? You can't see anybody? Let me out of here now. Am I a fish? You put me in water. I'm every day. I'm swimming. Am I a fish? I'm a human being. Let me out of here. Say, relax. You, you need me. You need to be in there. You need to be in there for some time. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. You try it, you try it. You will go into a deeper hole. You will go into a darker hole. You will not be covered by water, you will be covered by sand. Try, try it. I said try it. Try coming out when you shouldn't be out. You will not be find yourself in a dark hole in somebody's stomach. You will find yourself dead and put under six feet. You will be, they will dig a hole and that place will be darker. And at that place you will have no movement at all. It will get worse. In the day that you try to free yourself from what God has not ordained that you should be free from, you are worrying yourself. You are destroying your life. No matter how old you are, no matter how long you've been a Christian, you need a church. You need a pastor. You need to be. When I went to Tulsa, Kenneth Hagen, at the age of 83, on Sundays, his son is the pastor of the church. He sits down. He doesn't sit on stage. He sits in the congregation and he takes his Bible and he writes notes while his son preaches to him. At the age of 83, a prophet. And the Bible says prophets are even senior to uh, pastors. That was the first apostle, secondarily prophet. Third teachers he sits there 
and you. I don't need it. After all, I've got the tapes. You, 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 need, you don't need just tape. I, I, are you a tape recorder? You need a shepherd. Me, I mean, I don't want to be close to anybody. This is your problem. No matter who you are, I know you think, oh, me, I mean, I'm not going to marry now, so I don't need anybody to do anything for me. God is telling you, you need it. You need that link. You need to be where you're supposed to be. Until maybe Jesus comes. Ghana, our beloved country, is free forever. Free? Are we free? From who are we free? From the white man? We are more dependent on the white man today than we have ever been. We are less respected than we have ever been. They build for us. They provide water for us. Didn't you see that uh, thing on the Chronicle, the one that the president held and asked, what is a mongrel? What is a mongrel? And somebody said, a cramine. Eh? Did you see that paper? That story is about water. And it's about white people coming to invest their money in Ghana to provide water for us to drink. Shame. We free, freedom. Ghana, a black country, is free forever. Free from who? From who? From who? We are now 43 years. We are asking, please come to our country and give us $100 million. Otherwise, we can't get drinking water in our country. Who owns the building companies who build the roads for us? Who build them? These are not white people. We are giving them menial jobs. Those people are paid thousands of dollars a month. When you see one white man there, he's paid maybe thousands of dollars. Once I was in um, Tamale and I was talking to the workers there. I was talking to an engineer, an engineer trained from our university. And I asked him, how much are you paid? He said, I'm paid 110,000 CDs a month, an engineer. And I looked and I said, wow. These people, our engineer is paid 110,000, an engineer. And these people, the white people, they'll be paid thousands of dollars. But what can you say? Because we are independent. Can I blame a country? It's free forever. Oh, yeah? Independence is not freedom. Don't make that mistake. You go around in a circle and return. We stretch our hand and we beg. Any major project that is being done in Ghana, a white man is doing it, and it is for him. And they are taking that. Unilever, who is it for? Do you think it's for Ghanaians? Go around the world, you see that same company is everywhere, Unilever. It's not a Ghanaian company at all. It's not a Ghanaian company at all. It doesn't belong to Ghanaians. Mention any big business in Ghana, I'll tell you the foreigners who own it. We don't own anything. We are the servants. We are the cleaners. When they want a cleaner, and a sweeper and a wiper, they call us. Even when they employ our professionals, 100,000. So you see, I'm just telling you this because you see, there are rebels everywhere. No matter how much you preach, there are people with rebellious minds. I'm going to be free. This pastor and this church and this guy talking to me and this choir, come on, freedom. I'm going to be out. Get it out of here. They talk too much. And be careful. Your freedom that you are after, it will turn into the darkest of bondages. As the prodigal son, he will explain everything to you. 
<laughs> I said, ask the prodigal son, he will explain everything to you. You don't even need me to talk. Ghana, beloved country, pray forever. 43 years. There are places we cannot go with cars. And we are using the white man's language. What a shame. But amongst ourselves, we cannot agree on whose language to use. That's right. So we've got to use their language. The language I'm speaking is not a Ghanaian language. It is a white man's language. So we are free from who? Who are we free from? And then if you go next door, another group of white men have given them their language. And so when they speak to us, they, they listen to us. You speak English well. Oh, what language do you speak at home? When you go abroad, they're surprised that you can speak English well. Because they are expecting that we don't speak English, we speak our own language. Go to Malaysia, they have their own language. Go to Holland, any small European country, they will speak their own language. They don't speak anybody else's. I mean, if they will speak their own language first. I don't know what language they speak on Ghana Airways. But on Ghana Airways, if you speak a Ghanaian language and say, we welcome your fair, whatever. You are welcome on board the captain, whatever language he should speak it. Then after that, they should speak in the foreign language, it's English. If you, if you go to, if you see any of the aeroplanes, sit on Swiss air, they will speak Swiss. If you speak first, Holland, this is a small country with a few, they have written, we cannot, we have not written our own language. White people came to write our language for us. <laughs> These are the problems that we have. We don't have any physics book in Airway or any chemistry book in Chi. <laughs> but you sit as any small country, just however small, they have written their own language. They teach chemistry, science, everything in that language. Computer, science, everything. We must have computer. When you take only three, what does it have? You say enter. Botemi. Mia. Mia so. Listen to me. God, I'm not saying that we are supposed to be dependent on white people. That is, is the opposite. But I'm saying that don't think that when you just get out of here, we are free, we are, kick everybody out, that makes you free. It doesn't make you free. We have what we call beautiful dependent, a beautiful dependent relationship. And then we have what we call growth. There's a point where you grow. The baby is not going to stay in the womb forever. The day will come when the baby will come out yeah. and you cut the cord. And then, and then the baby is still not free from his mother. But it's the different, there's a growth in the de- relationship. The dependence is limited. And it goes and it grows and it grows and grows. So sometimes people say, sometimes you see people in branches. They start churches, branch churches and so on. Man, I want to be free from this. I want to be free. And so on. I don't want to be a branch pastor. I, don't want, I want my child to have my own church name and so on. You know, I want to be the founder and the president, etc. Some of those things, the, sometimes the spirit behind those things leads you to darkness. That's right. See the prodigal son, he will explain everything to you. <laughs> but when you learn how to have a beautiful, dependent relationship that God has designed, and then growth, you enter into many blessings. Our time is up. Let's stand to our feet. We continue.
Hallelujah. Lift your hands and ask God to give you the spirit of God that you will not be influenced by an evil spirit to make you independent of things you are not designed to be independent from. In the name of Jesus. Father, we drown every spirit of wickedness and rebellion and we speak, Lord, life, 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 growth, growth, and the beautiful dependence that you speak of in your word between the shepherd and the sheep, between the sheep and the sheep, between one another, Lord. We thank you, we receive it, and we walk in it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. And everybody said amen. amen. As every head is bowed, every eye closed, you want to give your life to Jesus this morning, lift up your right hand, I'll pray with you. If you want to say, Pastor, pray with me. I want to be born again. Lift up your right hand and I'm going to pray with you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. All right. If you've lifted your hand up high, lift it up high. God bless you. God bless you. Please come to the front if you've lifted your hand up high. Come all the way to the front. I want to. I need. Who's the pastor on duty? Uh, turn around. Who is the pastor on duty, please? Yeah, all right. Can you go with our pastor here? He's going to pray with you. You may be seated, please. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit daghewardmills.org today for more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every week. And remember... God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.